0: This is the Action Network podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner. <laughs> Four.
1: You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Welcome to the Action Network podcast, the Golf Edition. This is your host. Colin Wilson, your regular host of Jason Sobel, and Justin Ray are both out this week for our Rocket Mortgage Classic Betting Preview. So instead, you get a little bit of me, and you get Action Network contributor Joshua Perry, one of the sharpest golf bettors in the world. But you know, inside the Action Network Slack, we kindly refer to him as Corn Fairy Tour as Corn Perry, because he hands out so much winners and free money for us. Josh, how's it going tonight?
2: It's going good. I can't believe they would take Rocket Mortgage Week off to this field. Everything's loaded. Let's go.
1: Yeah. And who doesn't want to play a Donald Ross course with forgiving OB, right? I mean, it's like, I mean, this, I think this is the shortest rough I've ever read is it, it, going on at Detroit Golf Club. We'll get into that. As a reminder, all odds on today's show are courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Before we get to the leaderboard, I think it's worth talking about Detroit Golf Club itself. This is the third time the tour will come through with Nate Lashley posting a minus 25 in 2019. Bryson DeChambeau last year, a minus 23. The course measures just over 7,300 yards. It is a Donald Ross design. And, and if you're you know new to that term, like what does that mean? Small angled elevated greens. You're going to hear terms used such as Volcano par threes, uh switchbacks, which screws shitty golfers up like myself, who can only move a ball from left to right. A switchback is where the fairway will go left and right or right then left. Uh, but when you also have an apex that goes over like a hundred feet, you can just smash the ball and go over all the trees. So the overall feel is that the bombers bomb away here because the rough is essentially not rough, but Josh, would you agree that like Nate Lashley posts a minus 25 Bryson posts a minus 23? There really isn't a characteristic here to center on.
2: Yeah, no, it's just kind of whoever catches a hot putter You're You got to figure somebody's going to need to make probably 25, 30 birdies this week. So you can kind of eliminate some of those ball strikers we fall in love with who just never make putts. Cause do you really trust that it's fine yes. when they're on courses where you can go like 10, 12, 15 under, but you really trust them to make 25 putts this week. It's like, uh, I don't know. So kind of just go with the the super elite drivers and that skill set, or you just back a hot putter and hope they maybe find the irons this week.
1: I feel like you're subtweeting Will Zalatoris, a guy that can <laughs> just rock it with his irons. And I, I think his putter – I'm not sure if he's actually using a putter on the green anymore. It's it's uh, a part of his game that I know that he's got to get back to work on. Let's start at the top of the betting board from BetMGM. Bryson, plus 750. Patrick Reed, 14-1. to 1. Hideki and Webb Sensen, 18-1. to 1. Let's start with the elephant on the T box. That is Bryson DeChambeau. His betting and DFS prices are deserved after what happened last year. But how do you feel about how Bryson is heading into Detroit this year versus how he was heading into it last year in 2020?
2: Yeah, his form was a little better last year. He's coming off three straight top tens uh, heading in this year. He hasn't really been in contention much outside that U.S. Open. He was uh, where he was leading with like nine holes left. So, I mean the form's not as good, but still with with how he sets up here, if he's just going to go and bomb, and if the putter's good, then he's obviously fine. And seven fit like I don't bet favorites, but if somebody just dropped the hammer on Bryce, and I would understand, <laughs> like it's not my style, but some people out there make that play, and this is one of those few weeks where I think you might be able to get away with it.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think it's because of the course forgiveness, especially if you're gonna do, you know, act like Hulk Smash and you're just gonna smash everything over every tree line, and you're gonna, not, you know, you're gonna get relief in some in some of the the rough and the first, second, third cuts. Uh, you know, it, Bryce is just gonna to continue to float over these bunkers and these traps that uh, Donald Ross had designed. So, you know, I, I can't justify the price. I don't think I've ever laid a golf price like that. But I think one golfer we need to talk about. Because there's just there's this negative reaction to Webb Simpson right now. He's listed at eighteen to one. Uh, You know, an interesting name here. He, he's considered one of those Donald Ross specialists, like a Brand Snedeker. But Webb's been hurt as of late, and and I'm torn on whether is he continuing to play hurt or is he playing himself back into form. Do you have an opinion on him?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I usually just stay away from guys when they've been hurt if they don't have anything to to really. Any sort of signs, like I haven't seen anything from Webb. He hasn't really even been playing. I think he's only played like twice in the last two or three months. So, without, right. I, and I'm not gonna lay. It's tough for me. I have to see something to really dip into that start part of the card. Like for me to risk it on eighteen to one on a guy I don't even know if he's healthy. Like if something goes wrong, is he gonna pull out again? Because he withdrew from Quell Hollow already, and that's one of his hometown spots. So it's just it's really tough for me to get back anyone in the 18 to one range, just in general, that's not really where I start my card in most weeks. And so for just to risk it on an injured guy, it's like, it's just not something I'm looking to do. I don't really want to go in your web. If he wins it all. I mean, he's good enough to like, if the game is fine, then sure. There's nothing wrong with the course. There's nothing wrong with how he sets up here. It's just, there's just no reason for me to risk it at that price.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you're any kind of golfer whatsoever, if a part of you is hurting, whether it's neck or it's knees or it's hips, your swing changes just a little bit. And it's hard to bet on somebody, especially at this price. I remember we 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 had such love for Ricky Fowler a year ago, and he was, you know, having a little change in his swing. We're gonna get to Ricky here in a little bit because he had a lot of cold water thrown on him last week after everybody I think had a, a ticket on him. But if we look at some of the mid-tier guys, we'll talk about Jason Kokrak, Joaquin Neiman, Matthew Wolf. They're all at 25 to one. Wolf had some success here before. I think the wheels have kind of fallen off the last few weeks with his game. Jason Day at 28 to one. We don't know the health status. Uh, That's been the same for most of, seems like most of his recent career, all of his career. And Kevin Kistner is in at 33 to one. Out of that group, I'm a huge Kistner fan. Uh, He's coming in hot from recent form. He finished third last time here at Detroit Golf Club. Do you have any names in that range that are worth mentioning?
2: Um, I ended up kind of steering clear of this range too. But yeah, I like Kistner coming in and then 33 to one just wasn't what I was looking for. I just kind of remember like he was, 80s 90s like three four weeks ago and then he has one good week of travelers comes into this place with all the guys gone the number just completely crashes so that was i was kind of hoping he would slip through the cracks maybe be in that 50 66 to one range kind of with guys like the siwoo kims or the grillos of the world and it just didn't didn't happen so they were they kind of took the fun away there um jason day potentially i mean he's kind of showed some glimpses finally it's been a while Uh, That's probably, and he's another guy, he hits it a long way when he's helped and he puts it really well when he's going. So he's kind of one of the guys who could potentially fill that bomber putter sort of combo that's worked out last year.
1: Yeah. And I think we're all kind of waiting on that. And that that number for Jason day is always going to float like from 40 to 25 to one, because you never clearly know the health status, even mid round. Right. I mean, he could be leading and then all of a sudden He's in the pine needle stretching. You never know. So Wills Al Taurus is a name that at least I was pretty hot on uh, for a while. But the putter, uh, you know, he's he, the putter has to be working to keep up with the scoring here. So I'm going to go farther down the board. Ricky Fowler, 50 to 1. Uh, Higgo, Garrick Higgo at 60 to 1. And the ultimate F-bomb goat, Harold Varner third, comes in at 80 to 1. Uh, even at this price, uh, 50 to one on Ricky, I, I don't know where I start buying on him because it just seems like time after time, once some things get put together, he gets, you know, astronomically priced, uh, the public gets behind him, And then, you know, we have what we had last week at the traveler. So is there a name in this group that you can get behind?
2: Yeah. You kind of mentioned a good chunk of my card. Higo was the only guy I really bet up there. Um, he opened at 60, uh, down 50, 40 range now in most places, but I didn't understand that number um at all like i mean he won a couple of weeks ago he's been on a heater in europe he's won three times in the last year like the dude wins tournaments and he's we've been backing him since back in the south africa days when he won the sunshine door championship like we hit him back there like this is he's got on a three continent run here now over the last two years like i i don't get the pricing in this field because he was he was less like there were books that opened with him at 33 to one when he won at Palmetto. Like that's why I didn't write him up. Like I liked him there, but it was just like 33, 40 to 1 wasn't my wasn't my cup of tea that week. And so for him to win that event and then come in here with a bigger number. I mean, yeah, he missed the cut last week at Travelers, but that's really a, a shorter course. And he's a Bryson light where he just hits the ball three fifty and putts really, really well. He's one of the best putters in Europe. And so he's Kind of fits that mold that we've seen, and for that that price, like I said, he missed the cut at Travelers. But the reason was is because he lost like four strokes around the gear on the round the greens. He gained on approach, he gained on the driver, and he gained with the putter. So for him to just plummet, it's it made no sense. It was the one number that stuck out. It's like, I mean, I could bet Grillo who's got one win in five years, or I could bet Higo who's got one win in five events. Like, and they're the same price. Like it just didn't make sense to me. And then you also mentioned Barner. Barner's on my card randomly. Um, he doesn't really fit the, the mold of what I'm looking for, but he just always pops up in the numbers I'm looking at. He's kind of the guy who who shows up like every week, something like really dialed in. He gains like four strokes with approach one week. And then the next week, it's like four strokes with the driver. And it's like, oh, he gained five strokes putting this week. And it's like, just, just put it together like one week. If he ever does it, he's going to win by like five. And I think it's probably going to happen like once or twice in his career where he just, Everything just aligns and then he wins like this type of event, whether it's this one or something in the fall swing or something by like five shots. And so that's kind of how I view him. So, yeah, he's on my card this week too. Um, again, I, I don't mind backing him in these weaker fields at like 80 to one, 100 to one range, like and try to catch lightning in a bottle because I know everything's kind of there on some days. And so it's really just like waiting for everything to, to line up for Harold.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to back up Garrett Hego here. I really like that number because what's his, you know, in long-term and in recent form, if you look at him, the one thing that he struggles with is driving accuracy. Doesn't matter here, right? I mean, you mentioned it's kind of like, you know, Bryson Lighter, the poor man's Bryson here with the number. Uh, and, and what he has been good at is if you look at all of the guys, uh, long-term form strokes gained approach out of everybody in this field, he ranks sixth right now. So, I mean, there's a, you're, you're right. The names of Griot up there. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama and Will Zalatoris, or some other guys in strokes gained approach that are better than Garrick Higgo. but Higgo, I mean, absolutely, this number should be played, and 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 BetMGM is offering sixty to one on that, so that's a good one to go with. We're gonna go to a tier that's a little bit more outside of that. Uh, you know, we have Doug Gim and Kramer Hickok at eighty to one. We have Sepp Straka, Chez Revy at hundred to one. Personally, I'm a fan. of of fading golfers the week after they lose a playoff, uh, I've, especially in matchups, and, and especially when you lose an eight-hole playoff. So Kramer Hickok matchups that he's in, uh, I've you know been going through books and, and taking the other side of him in certain matchups. Is there a name in this range that you might see any kind of value on?
2: Yeah, I bet a couple of those guys. I have Revi and Substraca. Substraca was one of the guys. Um, I was kind of hoping for, for a bigger number than 100 because he just hasn't been playing that great lately. Um, but then he popped up at the Travelers. I think he finished like 10th. And then he also has an 8th and an 11th here. So he's like the one guy in this range who's like coming in, playing all right, and also has played well here both times. So he's going to be super popular, whether it's like DFS or betting or anything like that, just because anybody who looks at course form is going to bet him anybody who looks at like last week's numbers. Cause he was one of the top five or six guys, I think in approach, he was really high up there. So, and that's what a lot of people like to look at. So he's going to be very popular and a hundred to one, like I was kind of hoping, like he, I figured he would open maybe at like one fifty if we were lucky and eventually get bet down into the hundred to 75 range, just because everyone would tack him on as a long shot. And they just kind of opened within there, which kind of took a little of the fun out of it. But yeah, Sebstrak is I mean, he's not very often he's on my card, but we'll 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 try to go back to back with the with the Georgia Bulldogs after Harris English won last week, <laughs> and then uh, and then we'll I also have Ches Reedy they mentioned there. Um, I just kind of looked at the leaderboards there, and like we mentioned, Nate Lashley, we've also seen Kisner play well here. We've seen Adam Hadwin play well here, and and Ches is that same type of golfer where it's like, he's just accurate off the tee, um, just kind of puts the ball in play, hits the irons well. And then randomly, he catches a hot putter. Like, you know, he's going to find the lot of the greens usually. And if that putter gets going, then he can lap a field. We saw it a couple of years ago at the Travelers where he just ran away one by five. Doesn't happen often for him, but, but when it does, he can win a, a field like this where there's just no one's really here. It's just a few big guys at the top. And then a bunch of the rest of these guys are all pretty similar to each other. So uh, i took a shot with him as well.
1: Yeah, and I think what we need to mention is like some of the guys in this range, you need to look, if you're, from a DFS perspective, you always want to have in the back of your mind ownership. Uh, if you can look at a name like Grio, or Fantasy Labs projected ownership is, you know, 16%. That's very, very high. Straka, uh, 4% of lineups are going to own it. So, you know, you want to avoid guys, you know, if you're building a DFS lineup that have mass ownership because when they score well, everybody else scores well, right? So you want to get somebody that may not be known in, in some of these lineups. And uh, I think Stroker kind of fits the bill there. We're going uh, to move on from the, the long shot odds, and we're going to go with a first-round leader bet. I think it's important to mention the weather. Detroit is basically a flood zone right now. Uh, Thursday is just rain expected all day. Double-digit winds. I mean, that gives me a little bit of pause here because when I look at the first round from the last two years, I think 63 and 65 were the maybe the winning numbers, but it, I mean, really low numbers. And you're going to have to score that much to win this tournament. I think if there's any rain coming down, I think that favors the guys that are able to go straight at the flag stick with their irons and maybe. Not so worry worry about the guys with bad putters uh, at the very beginning because, you know, they can go straight at the flagstick and, and not have to worry about it bouncing off of a Donald Ross uh, green that's like the size of a living room uh, rug uh, and rolling off the back. So, you know, is there anything from a first-round leader bet that you have?
2: Um, not really. I mean, the guys – I tend to just look at early tee times. I mean, you usually get better greens. You're usually – and unless there's like a big weather draw, um, which I didn't see – too much of it. it looked like the wind was probably going to pick up a little bit in the afternoon, but nothing that was devastating to the draw, but just kind of looking early, I was looking at Patrick Rogers, who seemed to have some, the irons are in better shape than they usually are. And he's one of those guys who just puts it really well all the time. It seems like so, and he's played well up in this area too. I know he's had some good success at the John Deere at times. So just kind of one of those upper Midwest, he's a California guy, but he, he's had some good results up in this kind of part of the country. And again, early tee times, I think he's in that hundred to one range. And that's what always the guys are kind of get drawn to just early tee times. Hopefully they catch a hot round and we can kind of see what happens from them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You want to take guys in morning rounds, especially if you can find matchups where you can get somebody in the morning versus somebody in the afternoon, because you always want a clean green, a clean fairway. You don't want, uh, you know, chunks missing out of everywhere you're hitting out of. Uh, for me, I'm gonna go with Kevin Kissner. Uh, this is a guy that finished third last year in this tournament. He's coming into this hot. He shot around 165. The year before, he shot around 166. So uh, you know, I think at the number that he's being listed at, there's definitely some value for first round leader on Kevin Kissner.
0: This is Action Network Podcast Producer Matt Mitchell, here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus they're compatible with BetSync. So when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or one 3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show.
1: All right. Now it's time for us to build our weekly DFS lineup.
0: Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because God damn it. That's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting.
1: So Josh, you being the expert, and basically, when you start talking about Harris English and Georgia golfers, I want to go and bet SEC football pretty badly. <laughs> I'm going to let you go last. I'm going to go first in DFS because uh, I'm going to let you anchor us. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of money. I don't. I mean, the Bryson number is just, I think, out of control. His ownership is going to be over 20% in DFS. I think it's a name that you've absolutely got to avoid, even though he might win it. I mean, you can win a DFS pot by taking the guys that finish second through seventh. I mean, you don't necessarily have to back Bryson here. And I think with his ownership, you got to stay away from him. I'm going to start off with Bo Hossler. He's coming into this, got 10th off of the Travelers, 19th off of Palmetto. Uh, his game is, you know, playing well at the right time. And he kind of, you know, fills the need what we, uh, of what we're looking for here. There's nothing really bad about his game lately. His scramble percentages, his putts per round, uh, his driving accuracy, his driving distance has been over 300. He was at an average distance of 324 at the Palmetto. Uh, his GIR percentage has been above 65% the last few times he's played. So you can start me off with a cheap play and probably a low owned Bo Hostler.
2: Yeah. You got to take everything I do DFS with a grain of salt out here in Arizona. We're we're eagerly waiting for September to roll around and all that stuff supposed to be unleashed before the football season gets here. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of what I'm seeing there. Um, if you don't want to go DeChambeau at the top, I'd probably dip down to maybe, like, the Joaquin Neiman area. He's, like, 9,800. Again, ball striker. Is he going to catch a hot putter? We'll see. Soft greens. Maybe he's just dialed in this week, hits everything to five feet, makes a few of them. But um usually, I mean, he's only missed one cut all year long. Like, he's a very safe play for the most part. And, um, with a, with a weaker field and in an event where he can kind of just dial it in, then, um, I, I could see him having some value over some of those other guys ahead of him. Like, I don't see why he would be behind Will Zalatoris. I don't see why he'd be, be- any worse than Webb Simpson. If Simpson's not healthy and then he's in that same range with Sung Jm, who's really been struggling. So, I mean, in that sort of mid nine hundred mid nine thousands, low ten thousands range, I could see him, uh, being a pretty solid play. So I'm going to step
1: back and I'm going to go with who we talked about. I'm going to take Garrett Higgo and I just like the price that we're getting for a player that is, you know, going to try to do what Bryson does and, and accept this is a guy that has is coming in, you know, hot. It doesn't matter what continent he's playing on. Uh he's hot right now and and uh he's coming into this to to win it and he, I don't care about his driving accuracy because you can make mistakes here and easily recover from them. So you can count me in at Garrett Higgo uh, being in our DFS lineup.
2: Yeah. And then I'm going to go kind of back where, where you were looking with Kisner at 8,500. Um, just in that mid play, he seems to like this course he's coming in off a good week of the travelers. Like everything's just kind of lining up. He'll probably be popular in that range, but um, he's usually a pretty safe guy, especially in these lower tier events where there's, where it's not a long course that requires distance. Yeah. The bombers love it here because they can just kind of go at it, but it's not a course where you have to bomb it to to be successful as we've seen in the past. So it's a place he sets up fine. He's playing well, so and then that mid price range there, where he's kind of in between guys like Max Homa, who's been hit and miss, and Gary Woodland, who's been all over the place. He's cheaper than Ricky Fowler, who's been all over the place. I think he's a, a pretty safe play in that range.
1: Okay, so we're in our last picks. This is the fifth pick for our DFS lineup, and I'm going to take a name further on down the board, who I love because he is one of these guys that can you know drive at 300. Uh, his driving accuracy, not as good as, you know, most others, uh, but he's hot right now. And that's Seamus Power. This is somebody that finished 12th here at this tournament last year, Detroit Golf Club. And he comes into this 19th at the Travelers, 19th at the Palmetto, 9th at the Byron Nelson. I mean, there's what's not to like about Seamus Power. Uh, another guy that was, you know, Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, I think I believe I laid a, a little bit of money on him throughout his career. Uh, so, I mean, is that said, so, what do you think about Seamus power at, uh, probably, I'm not even sure if he's going to be owned by even
2: 2%. Yeah. He's a, he was a late ad. uh, he got in, um, I think it was today or yesterday. So he's, he's, um, he wasn't re- originally in the field. So that could help a little bit. Some of the models right. may not have him populating in there because of that. So he could fly under the radar a little bit. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, those, um, those lesser tier events where the big names aren't there. He's been popping up with top twenties. So at that price, you could uh, potentially see him show up again. Um, yeah. Powers, powers, is another guy who's, it's kind of, uh, he isn't <laughs> for the name. He's not actually like a bomber type, but he he has the irons going a little bit and he tends to catch a hot putter randomly. So again, he, he sets up fine. He should, uh, if everything is kind of good, it's, it's kind of tough down in this range, but he's playing as well as any of these guys are. So it's worth a stab.
1: And, and what we've done here is like, yeah, and power is playing well, uh, but what we've done here is take a guy that has almost no ownership, a guy that's finished 12th year before, he's hot right now, it fits the profile of what we want, and at the same time, this leaves around 9000 on the table for you to make our last pick.
2: never I don't really love any of these top-tier guys up here. I, I might end up just leaving cash on the table here and just picking my boy Sepp Straka because i think he plays this horse better than any of these guys and he's coming in with at least a little bit of form it's either him or if you want to go up up high you can probably go with like a jason day and then see how that works out it's just i I just don't like jason day for the most part so yeah i would probably just leave money on the table takes up straka make sure there's no duplicate line up there probably leaving about a thousand bucks on the table which is should be enough to differentiate yourself from from what's out there and hopefully uh, with no Bryson and a thousand bucks on the table, you at least got a lineup of some sort.
1: Yeah. You'll have one of the lowest owned uh, lineups and all out there and uh, probably a a very competitive one. And, and, you know, you wouldn't want, at the 9,000 range, you don't know about Jason Day's health. Charlie Hoffman is out with an injury. Ricky Fowler absolutely cannot be trusted. Uh, You know, there's a lot of question marks in a lot of places where I think maybe the other one that I would throw out there, but it's still a thousand off would be Tringali. So you know, I, I think that's good. We're going to go with Sep Straka, and that's going to get us our DFS win. We're going to go with Bo Hostler, Garrick Higo, Kevin Kistner, Seamus Power, Sep Straka, Joaquin Neiman. I think that's the lineup that's going to win, especially with leaving $1,000 on the table. That'll do it for this edition of the Action Network podcast. Our hosts, Jason Sobel and Justin Ray, will return next week for the John Deere Classic. Plus, our NBA crew will release a very special NBA Finals betting preview episode as well, so look out for that. Thanks to Josh for joining me. Thanks to everyone for listening. Here's hoping you hit the green.
2: We're finished talking.